Welcome to Jags Drive Time with John Osher and Brian Sexton. Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. CJ takes a knee one more time. The two teams will shake hands. That's going to do it from MetLife Stadium. What, what I love about you guys right now is, that, is that's what it takes. It takes a little sacrifice. We talked about it way back in the offseason. What are you willing to sacrifice for this football team? I'm so proud of this group. You hang, on, you hang in there and you battle. You guys, you guys, listen, you're doing the right thing at the right time of the season. The great things are going to continue to happen to this football team. All right? Early Christmas present, you all saying? We've got two games left in our division. Your mind is right. You're ready to rock and roll, put the work in, put the time in, and let's finish this thing the right way. And the Jaguars are in first place in the division. They've done it. They have walked down the Tennessee Titans. Good morning and welcome into Jags Drive Time on a Thursday morning. Brian Sexton and John Osier with you as we get set for a big game. Again, standings, not necessarily, but for the Jaguars, this has the feel of a big game. And John, talking to guys in the locker room yesterday, you couldn't convince them that nothing was on the line on Sunday, even though apparently nothing is on the line on Sunday. Well, there are small things on the line, meaning uh, depending on the outcome of the Cowboys-Titans uh, game tonight, winning on Sunday could give the Jaguars that tie advantage at the end of the game. I mean, at the end right. of the season, meaning if, if they tie the Titans, they get in. The wild card uh, is sort of an insurance policy, and the wild card scenario is, is not that extreme. T- uh, all the things that need to happen for the Jaguars to get a wild card if they would happen to lose Tennessee are, are sort of favored to happen. So, now, usually that doesn't work out that way, but it's not True. absurd. It's not like you're playing college football where you got Division three teams. Again. You know, so, but even beyond that, um, I, I think Doug Peterson has done a great job of realizing you have three games where you have an energy and you have a focus and you've got a, a young team stepping each week in the right way, in the way he wants it. I don't think he wants them to get out of step, and I think he's done a nice job of selling that. All right, let's go right into big things. And included in this is the answer to a question that you asked me yesterday, if I knew. What's your favorite do call? Now, hold on. Here oh. we go. Hey, Doug's decision, it was yesterday in Nashville. The story was that Mike Vrabel was declaring eight players, many of them starters, out already. And uh, a couple of guys are doubtful. So their strategy there is to rest their players and get them healthy and ready for the season finale. Doug was asked about his strategy, and he said his decision was every game is significant. Never a meaningless game. Never, ever, ever, ever. Um, you play you play to win every game. Um, and, and uh, you know, the only way I rest players is if they're hurt and, and can't go. Big thing, too, and here's your answer. The Jaguars have not beaten the Colts, the Titans, and the Texans all in the same season since... 2010. 12 years since they have beaten every other team in the same season. That is preposterous, ludicrous, ridiculous. The South matters. As you guys know, I don't put a lot of stock in those types of things. We still have to go play and, and play a good football team, you know, on Sunday. So, I, you know, I, I just got to I just gotta make sure our guys are in the right, you know, mind space this week and, 
and uh, ready for this football uh, this football team because I mean you just just put on the tape and really what they've done here in the last you know month they're play, they're playing pretty good even though they've lost a couple close ones but I mean yeah I mean that's something that I think the coaches may talk about but but I don't. And finally, bring it on. Doug was asked about being the hunted instead of the hunter. They're sitting in the first place in the AFC South. They're the team that the Titans are shooting for at the season finale to win the AFC South. And how will they handle this young team, third youngest in the NFL as of today, the pressure of being the hunted? You kind of want it, you know, honestly. You want it. You want to see how we're going to respond. Um, and, you know, coaches and players. And, and um you know, it, it just starts. It starts in practice. Starts today. But you, you, you know, you worked hard to get in this position, and and a lot of ups and downs. But the you know, you guys have seen the the sort of the incremental progress throughout the course of the year, and you know, that's why you that's why you play these games, and each each game matters. And so, um, you, yeah, you, you you want to see, you know, how the guys will respond in, in, in moments like this. And so let's go to big thing, too, in the AFC South. Mm-hmm. We were talking about it yesterday. I, in 2017, the only time the Jaguars have ever won the South, they were swept by the Titans. And after the season and after the game, the season finale in Nashville that year, the Titans were crowing about who the best team in the AFC South really was. Uh, the Jaguars, you just want to get the, the division. But mm-hmm. you still want to make a statement about, hey, we're here to play. And the Jaguars in the division have not for most of the 18 years, 20 years now that the division has been together. Yeah, and they have a chance. If you win the South, you're the best team. The Jaguars are the best team in the South in 17 because they went to the AFC Championship game and they won it. Uh, But the Titans, the Jaguars that season gave them room to beat their chest, much like in 99, the Jaguars uh, gave the Titans room to beat their chest and and, uh, beat them in the the postseason. Um, If you beat... If you win the next two games as the Jaguars, you not only win the division, you sweep the nemesis, and you what? You finish four and two, and I think that gives you the best record in the division. In the division, meaning it does. they're four and two, and then the Titans in that scenario would be three and three. Everybody else would be below. So you amazingly quickly, within about a half a season, have a chance to turn this thing. Uh, and I think these things are important to Doug Peterson, meaning a chance to finish with a winning record. He mentioned it right after the Jets game. Uh, a chance to go into the postseason with five wins in a row as the legitimate hot team. A chance to win the South, a chance to sweep. You know, All these things mentally, uh, does it mean they won't be good next year if they don't do it? No. But it, it gives you, I, I think he said this in the last couple of weeks, when you're trying to change culture, some of those things, somewhere that gets in the water, and the players, oh, oh we're the, we're the guys, we're doing that, and I know we're going to go to big thing one, so I'll do the segue. Big thing oh, one, please. Um, nice. Yeah, radio professional. That broadcast school is really paying off. Uh, and what was big thing one? <laughs> big thing one. Doug's decision on, Doug's on decision. playing guys. It, well, and it is remarkable how. Vrabel's move, which I think for them is the right move because they're so beat up. Uh, I, if if the situation's reversed, I would say Doug absolutely needed to do that because they are a beat-up team trying desperately now. Uh, I doubt they'll beat Dallas with this sort of lineup, so they're going to have six oh, yeah. 
six games in a row lost. Hail Mary! Now, that was your call <laughs> I, know, I remember that, yeah, 2010. This is a Hail Mary uh, for the Titans. Yeah. They are a, a team sliding. They have one shot at this. They, to come down here healthy, give it their best shot, and somehow turn a season that's lost for them into a division title season. It's their only hope. It, it, it's a move that, in a way, smacks of desperation. Um, but at the same time, it's Rabel saying, uh, doing a Belichick thing. Right. What is my best chance? I don't care what people think. Right. What is my best chance? It's a good move by Rabel. You know, I can recall walking down the hallway with Doug after his news conference on the Wednesday before the first Texans game. So that was uh, when they were 2-2. Two and two. And just talking about what was there in the division, right? This is a year where you're balancing, you know, building the culture, a brand new coaching staff, a brand new program, and yet the division is wide open. There was no dominant team at that time. Jaguars looked as good as any. And look at how it's unfolded, mm-hmm. right? You went from just trying to instill that winning mindset, the way that you work, the way that you play, to now being in, in the position at the end of the year, I mean, to really hit a home run. Yeah. You win the division in your first year when you're just talking about, do you remember in the spring they were just talking about fixing the, the toxic culture that was here <laughs> last year? What was he? He was talking about guys needed to heal. Yeah. Well, hell, I mean, they're about to win the division, or yeah. at least they're in the position to be about to win the division. And it, it, uh, I know we're way ahead of ourselves, but that's what we do in these shows. At 9-8, and eight, um, you get in as a team with a winning record with five wins in a row at the end of the season, much like in 96, um, as we went on from 96 as people who analyzed it, it didn't feel like a 9-7 and seven season. No. Five years later when you talked about it, right. it felt like the beginning of something and, it, and a team that had started slow and showed at the end what it really was. And I think that sort of thing, uh, Doug's got a nice feel for history and perception and how that sort of thing matters. And I think it's why right after the game the other night, when people talked about it was resting or whatever, I forget what the topic of the question was, but he immediately said, we got a chance to finish with yep. the winning record. That matters to him. He and said it, it. And it should. He might as well have shouted it. I mean, it was that loud of a statement. You know, the fact that you said hey, going nine and eight would be big, mm-hmm. um, but you couldn't miss how important it was to him. So, yeah, that's where the Jaguars find themselves, and we find ourselves in a position to take our first break and to return with a look around the locker room. But first, there is no better time to become a Daily's Place Blue member than right now. Enjoy the best live music around with access to the best seats and amenities premium parking, and more. Reserve your spot for the 2023 season today. For more information, email ticketing at boldevents.com or 904-633-2000. When we return, we go around the locker room and share the stories that were making news in there on Wednesday. Back after this. What a program today is brought to you by the Fields Auto Group. Fields Auto Group, step up to luxury. Fieldsauto.com. Fields matters because you matter. And let's go around the locker room, provide you with some of the big stories that were making news in there yesterday. And Juwan Taylor is up first. He talked about being in first place in the AFC South. It was business, man. You know, we just want to keep going out and uh, doing our job and getting better every week. Um, you know, we just can't get comfortable, uh, you know, because teams are still – you got to target on you at the, when you were number one, I feel like. So, uh, you just got to keep doing your job and keep getting better every week. You know, what I really like about Juwan Taylor is that he's playing good football. But also, 
He's willing to step up and take on a leadership role now with Cam gone. He's standing in front of his locker, waiting for the media to come. He was never that guy. He was always sort of the quiet guy mm-hmm. in the background. Yeah, he's always been uh, a very good kid. He's he's always had the right attitude for an offensive lineman of um, the nature of that position is, is uh, you get criticized often unfairly. It's the hardest position to play in terms of fans understanding uh, whether somebody's playing well or not, and he's taking a lot of criticism, but he has never let that affect how he treats people, uh, which is, you know, I don't think I would handle that that well right. uh, as a young person. So uh, I've always thought that he did a great job with that, and I've always thought that it spoke to his uh, maturity and being the kind of guy that you want to be around and have on your team. And since we're talking about shameless promotion, or we were yesterday, he's the guest tonight on Jaguars All Access up at Strings Sports Brewery on North Main Street, 7 o'clock on uh, CBS 47. So don't miss that one. Uh, okay, next, Christian Kirk on the Jaguars and their focus. And not surprisingly, it's on Sunday's game against the Texans and not next Sunday's game against the Titans. Uh, just one week at a time. Uh, you know, you don't get there by skipping through weeks. You know, you got to go through all the games that, you know, are out in front of you. And like I said, any given Sunday, um, you know, and, it, and it's also about, you know, the type of you know, team you want to portray yourself as, the type of team you want to be. And, you know, for us, it's establishing that winning culture. So, you know, that, that's what it's going to be for us until we can get into the playoffs. Christian Kirk yesterday was named the 2022 media good guy which uh, is, is a little bit of a hokey name for what I consider a very important award. Uh, it basically means the guy who in tough times is willing to stand and talk to the media, be helpful, do a, a, a part of the job that people assume is like a given, and many players don't like to do it. The reason it's significant for Christian Kirk to win that is this is a locker room of good guys. And uh, so to be the best at that and the – I guess most professional on that front of a locker room of very, very professional people. Uh, credit to him and appreciate Christian all year for that. And he's also uh, the ringleader of three really good guys at the top yeah. of the receiving group, uh, which is interesting enough because the Jaguars have three guys who are all in range of career highs. Christian Kirk has already said all three of his career highs, receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Uh, Zay Jones has the most catches and most yards. He needs three touchdowns for the most touchdowns in the next two games. Evan Ingram, the same situation. Most catches, most yards, needs three touchdowns in that category as well. And we heard something yesterday that since 1993, the Jaguars would become the only team to have three acquisitions in free agency all gain more than 700 yards in the same right. season, right? Which they've The Cowboys had that in 1993, I think. Yeah, they'd be the first one to do that and and possibly could be the only one to ever go over 800 yards. And and think about if you had Travis Etienne to that, who was not an acquisition, but was out on the roster last year. Yeah. Um, And almost 1500 yards from scrimmage. Yeah, it's it's uh, and adding Ridley into that, which you can't do until next year. Uh, It's got a chance to be potent for a long time. And really, if you think about it, the three receivers, Kirk started hot. Um, the other two, to me, Brian, feel like thousand-yard players. In in the second half of the season, they played like it. That has been a trio, and if you throw Etn in there, it's been a foursome that are all thousand-yard players. Yeah. And uh, 
It's pretty impressive. It's hard to do. And with the quarterback who's playing well, they're a very dangerous offense when they get rolling. Let's turn to the defense. One of their best players, Dewan Schmoot, who leads the team or is tied for the lead with sacks, is gone for the year, as you know, with the torn Achilles tendon that he suffered on that Thursday night in New York. That means someone else has got to step into the fire. Well, we've seen Arden Key step up and do it with Trayvon Walker down. Could it be Caleb on Chase on the former number one pick? Talked yesterday about taking advantage of the opportunity that has been offered to him. I'm excited, most definitely, but at the same time, we got to keep our we got to keep our composure. We got to play this game. Uh, the ultimate team goal is, you know, what I'm saying to get the win. Uh, throughout the week, we can't get any more uh, catch any more L's. So it's definitely exciting, uh, just the opportunity that I'm given. But I, like I said, I'm just happy to be back out on the field, man. Just something like I said, it could have been much worse than what it is. So to have a minor injury like that and to be touching the field again, it's exciting. Would you call it a measure of depth that the Jaguars have lost Cam Robinson and have a second round pick in Trayvon Walker? Pardon me. Walker Little to step into the lineup, and he played well last week, by the way. Now you lose Dewan Smoot, but here's Caleb Von Chason, who's underperformed. Get it? Mm -hmm. Former first-round pick. But it's not like you're grabbing a guy off of your practice yeah. squad and elevating him. You've got a guy with all the physical attributes to be able to play the position at a high level. Well, I, I thought all all preseason, remember the, the drumbeat was no depth, no depth, no depth. And I, I really didn't buy into that. I, I looked at the offensive line and saw an offensive line that had Shatley and uh, Walker Little and thought, well, how many more guys are they going to yeah. need? Uh, I thought the wide receiver core you know, ha has proven to be pretty deep f with what they want to do. You, know, you have Marvin Jones as, as the next guy in. I like having Marvin Jones as your third guy uh, production-wise. You had James Robinson at the beginning of the season in ETN. I thought they had some depth there. I I think they're at the they're probably at the outer edges of it, um, and I do think they're deep along the defensive line in in terms of numbers. And again, I think they're probably at their outer edge of being able to withstand losses and not feel a loss. I like to say something about uh, Caleb on Chasen. I don't know him that well because he hasn't been a guy because of the profile that you've really interviewed a lot. Um, what's impressive to me about him. Sometimes first-round picks who don't work out, and so far he hasn't worked out to his potential, sort of disappear and brood, and you don't get the feeling that they're into it anymore. Whatever has happened with this kid, he's not that. Uh, the first clip today after the you know on the sod as he, yep as as Very good. that broadcast like school it, continues um, to pay benefits was uh, Caleb on Chase on celebrating in front of the camera clearly into the victory the other night. You wouldn't blame Caleb on Chason after three difficult years to just sort of come in and be doing his job and not be. But he has stayed in touch with the team, clearly has embraced his role. Uh, I would anticipate him playing well. I don't know that he's going to be impact guy, but I think he will be fine in place of Smith. I think you'll see a, a, a minimal drop off. But, but just like with offensive tackle, I don't think it's going to be a disaster. Hey, by the way, both of those guys – Walker Little and Caleb on Chason are from Houston. In fact, they played high school football together at the Episcopal School of Houston. Yeah. So there's some motivation for them to have a big game on Sunday. If the AFC South title isn't enough, playing in front of friends and family at NRG Stadium certainly will be a draw. The Texans, the biggest of those draws for these Jaguars. Andre Sisco shares his thoughts. Yeah, you understand it's going to be a battle, a uh, division battle, and then it's the same time, same thing every time, you know, tough fight. And so that's what we're looking forward to is a, a long, hard-fought game um, and come out with a win. 
the end of the day, like you said, we lost in week five to them. So, you know, that's in the back of our head. But we focus on, you know, taking a one step forward each week and, and they, they're in our way. For a lot of these players, John, week five seems like a lifetime ago. Yeah. Young players like Andre Sisco, who, as the season has gone along, has really become, and, and other players as well, but he in particular has become a very instrumental part mm -hmm. of this defense. And those two weeks that he was out with the shoulder, they missed him. Yeah, there was definitely a vibe in the locker room. I'm not going to say it was something that they were uh, beating their chest out, uh, saying we're going to prove it, but they feel like they're a different team than they played the Texans in in Week Five, and I think there's definitely a a feeling of maybe not wanting to talk it up too much before the game, but a feeling of wanting to go out and show, okay, we were here in Week Five, now we're here, and uh, you know, I'll I'll save what I think about the game for the headlines. So. Okay. Back to you, Brian. Oh, thank you very much. And we'll leave it at that. When we return here on Jags Drive Time on a Thursday morning, he will, he won't, he might. Coming up. Sadith is Jacksonville's trusted and reliable moving company. Sadith is proud to be the official moving company of the Jacksonville Jaguars. To get a stress-free quote, call 904 638 7536. That's 904-638-7536. Or you can visit Sutton.com. All right. Time for an anticipated segment here on Jags Drive Time. He will. He won't. He might. We call it He 3. John, yours is Travis Etienne. Well, he will be really important to the game plan because I think they need to run with, with a cover two defense. They are about keeping everything in front of you. You need to run against this team to have a chance to set up anything that you want to do in play action. It's still very hard to do. Uh, he won't. He won't fumble, Brian. <laughs> Thank goodness. Because Thank goodness. it's been a topic, understandably so, with Travis. Um, it's something he needs to work out. Uh, I can't quite figure out why it happens so much. Uh, it, the, there doesn't seem to be a trend. Uh, he, he seems to be focused on it, and I think he will get it. Uh, and I, I don't think it'll happen this week. And he might get back to the breakaway guy that he was for a while, meaning he, he's been productive the last two games and has mattered the last two games, but I don't know that he has felt the way that he did in the four or five games. Where he's ripping off 40-yard runs. Yeah, and that was special, and he's got that in him. And I think the Texans' defense could present opportunities to do that because my guess is the Texans' defense would be very concerned about stopping this passing game at this point. Guarding against that, you might see him break those off. And I still say when this offense is functioning at its highest level, ETN's breaking off one or two of those, an easy field flipper. It's what makes him special. He's got that in him. Uh, I think we'll see it this week at least once. Well, and the Texans have the worst run defense in the league. They yeah. really have struggled against the run this year. I think in the last two weeks, they've given up uh, an average of about 180 yards rushing per game. So there's a big opportunity for him there if he can find that hole. Uh, what's amazing is when you watch him run, you know, you've seen the big runs, and then you've seen the two-yard runs mm -hmm. and the shorter runs. He's averaging almost five yards per carry. Yeah. That is not a small number. It's it's it, it's impressive. It's down a little bit from when he first sort of burst onto the scene. 
which it's going to be. It, it, he was averaging 6.8 or something at some right. point, which is absurd. You can't do that in the NFL. Um, but he, he's uh, – it's been interesting to watch how he's developed and how they have used him, and I think there will be more on that front next year. My guess is the coaches after this season will look and see everything that he did well and exactly how to use him. He's done a great job so far, but it just seems to me that there is is uh, more consistency there uh, to be gotten out of him, and I'm, I'm I'm excited to see how they game plan him. And I think he's been remarkable for what he's been through and a huge part of this team. And I think it's interesting that there is so much more there. All right, mine is Josh Allen. And I say Josh Allen will have his best game since the Buffalo game here in November last year, where that Josh Allen got the other at Josh Allen all day long. He had sacks, he had hits, he had an interception. He will have his best game. It just feels like he's ready to have one of those days. He's been frustrated in the locker room all season. Not that you see it from him all that much, but in you know more private moments, you can just got that grimace on his face because he knows that he hasn't played up to the standard that he expects to play to so I say that comes on Sunday he won't miss the opportunity to help his team and that's the part about this that has gotten him the most is he knows that if he had had bigger games along the route of the road there in that five game losing streak that he might have helped his team more he won't miss the chance to help his team this week and he might score a touchdown this week I just think you know, it's, it, it just feels like it's a balloon that's ready to burst, and he's going to come out on the other side of this. I just feel a game-changing play from Josh Allen on Sunday. Look, Larry Tunsil's a very good left tackle, but you get Trayvon Walker back, and you can move Josh Allen around mm-hmm. a bit. Um, the other side, Titus Howard's mispracticed this week. This is a, uh, a, a an anemic offense from the, the uh, Texans, and now they, they've lost Damon Pierce. Right. He's on injured reserve. I think this just sets up to be the kind of game where Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker can get after the quarterback. And uh, Josh is such an interesting guy to me because, again, much like Jawan Taylor we talked about, uh, uh, different players have been criticized over the years for this team because they haven't won. Uh, Josh has been criticized this year and ha- has gone through a lot, and yet you still never get any sort of vibe that he's not the absolute leader of the defense doesn't absolutely embrace that role. Players look to him uh, on the on the Rayshon Jenkins interception against Dallas. If 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 you rewatch that, Josh Allen is right with them and celebrating, which you'd expect on a play like that to celebrate. But every time you look at a sideline, whenever a defensive player makes a play or an offensive player makes a play, Josh is first guy there. He's as into it and as important in terms of what this team is about. Uh, and again, credit to him because in a, in a tough year, that kind of thing can get sideways. And uh, on this team, there's something about the players on this team uh, that have kind of kept everything going in the right direction. I think Josh is a big part of that. Just feels like it's time for him to come through with a big game. And I know he's ready for it. Talking to him in the locker room this week, he is certainly primed and ready to go. We'll take a break. When we return, Monday's headlines today here on a Thursday morning from TIAA Field in Jacksonville. This is Jags Drive Time, presented by the Fields Auto Group. And we're excited to bring you our Florida Lottery High School Scholar Athlete. This week, it's Jason Lester. 
a senior at Orange Park High School who competes in track and field and cross country and has proven academic excellence with a 4.6 GPA. He's dedicated to his community and demonstrated leadership on and off the field. He is a member of the class of 2023 and hopes to attend Florida State. The Bright Future Scholarship Program is primarily funded by the Florida Lottery and assists students in pursuing post-secondary educational and career goals. But now it's a matter of, you know, uh, just letting those guys go. There's, there's a lot of talent there. You're seeing Devon, you're seeing Roy. The last couple of weeks have really good push in the interior of the pocket. And then, you know, you've seen Arden, you've seen Trayvon, and unfortunately Smoot, you know, coming off, and Josh coming off the edge and, and making plays or, you know, TE stunts, things of that nature. And I just think it's just it's just allowed them to kind of free up and, and just play attack style of football up front. Who well, you know, KC will get more, Caleb on will get more, we'll get more time. Obviously, you know, Josh Arden, um, you get Trayvon back, you know, uh, optimistic of that. You know, so we, we've got, you know, we've got those four guys that can, that are, and they're going to have to, you know, fill that role. Following up on the conversation about Josh Allen, and earlier we were talking about Caleb on Chason. Really, the last couple of weeks, that interior three, Roy Robertson-Harris, who had a couple of big plays on mm -hmm. Thursday Night Football, uh, Devon Hamilton, uh, Adam Gottis when he's been in there. Uh, they're also, by the way, getting Foley Fantacasi back this mm -hmm. week. So uh, it's good to see this defensive line with a little bit of steam heading into the final two games. Yeah, things are, you know, uh, things are coming together, uh, and it feels like it's, it, it's getting better. It, it sounds almost absurd to say that because you lost Smoot, but – Generally speaking, you have to withstand an injury or two in the NFL. Yeah. You're not going to get to the Super Bowl, playoffs, whatever, uh, completely clean. So, again, I think they've lost Smoot. They've lost uh, Ashek Griffin, Barch, and uh, Cam Robinson. Cam Robinson. All, you know, all important, but that level of loss, you know, I think you're supposed to be able to overcome. Uh, and I particularly think on the defensive line, losing one guy is as important as Smoot is. I, I think they can withstand it because these other guys are are playing well and uh, the water is rising the boats, if you will. And by the way, it's worth mentioning that the Jaguars have been the healthiest team in football this year in terms mm -hmm. of fewest losses of starts by starters, right? Yeah. They've had... The fewest games lost to injury by starters this team has had. So they're relatively healthy as they get set for this final two-game run. And it brings us to... to the Monday's headlines right now. John, what you got? Snap steady, which, which makes no sense oh, except that... They're going to snap this losing streak. I mean, they're going to slap. They're going to snap this losing streak to the uh, Texans because they're starting to get steady. Meaning, this team now, I think they're going to win in Houston a solid game. I would think something like 23-14-ish. Uh, I expect to feel okay about it at about the seven-minute mark of the fourth quarter. That sort of game. Okay. If they do that, that would be two in a row of games where you didn't need cardiac moments to come back and it would feel like a team that is finding itself learning how to win learning how to put teams away and getting ready for that final uh 
very big game in, at TI Bank next week. And by the way, it's been a season of breaking streaks, whether it's, you mm-hmm. know, was it 20 straight losses to NFC teams and they hadn't won on the road in three years and hadn't won back-to-back games in three years. They've done that a lot this season. I'm going with clash with the Titans. Jaguars will win, not that the win sets up the clash with the Titans. It's already there, but everyone's focus is on that season finale here against the Titans on either January the 7th or the 8th, and we'll find out on Monday, you know, whether it's primetime or whether it's Saturday or Sunday. Um, but finally, we get to the clash with the Titans. Yeah. Be a big week. It should. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I, I, I go back again. We talked in June. We talked in July and August about meaningful games around Thanksgiving, not knowing, especially not when they were two and six, sure. that we would be talking about this well into January. Yeah. And yet we're almost there. So. And, and the cool thing for them is they've played their way into it yeah. against good teams. Uh, and I think that's why everybody thinks it's important to go win this game, even though it's not technically important. Right, and your quarterback is playing at a very high level, and that is the biggest reason for excitement in Jacksonville right now. That'll do it for our program. We will be back with you on Monday to recap the Texans game and, of course, start previewing the clash with the Titans. For Jags Drive Time and our entire crew, we wish you a very nice day and a great rest of your week.